Hi, and welcome back to the Core Memories Podcast. I'm Ellie. And I'm Amanda. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Disney history of the Polynesian Village Resort. We have a couple of news stories, and we're going to go into a segment of us being angry at random things at Disney. So join us while we make some memories together. Thanks for listening. I just kept going. That's fine. You were in the you were in the zone. I love you in the zone. We'll just we're getting we're getting our groove. We'll find it. We'll find it. Hey, listen, we're double digits in. This is our tenth episode. It's true. We are double. So we're finding a groove. This is exciting. So news. We can go into the news. Yeah, let's start with the news. Yeah. So just a little bit of news. There's a new festival booth that is where the temporary Starbucks location was in Epcot. So that's right at the border of the World Showcase. It's being turned into Swirled Showcase for Food and Wine Festival. So soft serve, waffle cones, floats, beer. I think that's a good use of that space because when we walked by it a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, what are they going to put there? Because that's just like not a good use of space. So I'm glad it's being used into something. Maybe there'll be something more permanent coming. Who knows? I mean, I hope so. It doesn't really make sense for them to have built this whole building, small or not, like built a whole space for this and then they just leave it abandoned. Yeah. So hopefully. Or it'll just, I mean, what? Why are you giving me that face? Well, because also it's the end of September. So like they're getting on my nerves with this. The whole like, oh, come back, you know towards the end of the festival and then be able to see more booths because you're extending all these festivals out for 17 months and it gets stale and people need a reason to come back. But honestly, you could just open everything and not have a five month festival and then it would be fine. Yeah. Like I remember when food and wine started in like September, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And now it's starting July and still going until like November. November. And then it's immediately festival of the holidays. There's just a festival going around on Epcot. It doesn't make any sense. All year round now, except for like maybe three weeks. Maybe. Okay. So the next news story is pretty interesting. And it's something that we've kind of been waiting on for a little while. I know nothing about this. So this is a learning time for me too. Because I don't know. I don't keep up with things like this. So, you know, this... I think we've been hearing about this for a little while. At first, I was kind of like, what's the need for this situation? But now I kind of like I understand a little bit more. Really, it's just about convenience. So the service is called the Brightline Train Service, and it's already abundant in the South Florida area along. What is that? That's the Atlantic coast. Yeah. Um, Currently, the service to Orlando began on September 22nd, so just a couple of days ago. So it connects Central Florida and South Florida without having to go in your car, go down the turnpike, and do all the traffic stuff. The station is at the Orlando airport, and it goes all the way to Miami. It has stops in Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, and Boca Raton. There is a future expansion plan for Tampa, so that'll be interesting. I imagine that will be at their airport as well. The riding experience has two different fares, the lower fare being Smart Fare, which includes complimentary Wi-Fi, charging outlets, and comfortable seating. Kids ride for 50% off each time with that particular fare. The premium fare also offers complimentary drinks and snacks, as well as access to a lounge on board, and the trains are pet-friendly. Nice. How much money's? So booking is pretty easy. I checked. It says on a Saturday in October, the fares start at $79 for that smart fare per guest. And that's per trip. So if you're doing round trip, you just double it. And then the premium was $149. It's not really going to save you any time. 
really, unless there's a bunch of stuff happening on the turnpike, because it looks like the booking from Orlando to Miami was still about a three and a half hour ride. Mm-hmm. So you're really just paying for the convenience of not having to do it yourself and maybe get a cool experience by being on a train. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. When you were telling me about this at first, I thought it was a bullet train situation and I was so excited bullet trains are my roman empire like wouldn't that be really interesting like to be able to get down to miami in an hour and a half the proposed bullet train throughout north america i sent you the map of it when we were talking Mm -hmm. about this that is my roman empire i think about it once a week mostly because i have some friends scattered throughout the united states specifically one in california and every time we talk about like how are we gonna hang out i was like well if we had our bullet train i could be there in three hours and we could hang out for a weekend and i just right would love it honestly we need a bullet train but this train is cool because i do i think three and a half hours from miami to orlando is saving you about an hour because i had a friend who lived in miami and she said that it took her like almost five hours to get up there i mean yeah it, it's to with orlando. traffic and things like that when we went down from orlando to miami for our wedding cruise it was right around four hours maybe four and a half we did hit a little bit of traffic on the turnpike but it the concept of this is just to it's not yeah. saving you a lot of money i don't no. think but it's going to save you a little bit of time and hassle yeah um, especially like you're not navigating. having to stop right i think that's the biggest thing is you don't have to stop you can just you keep yeah. go- like the train keeps going even if you have to pee right the whole thing doesn't stop you know yeah but- i mean and it looks like these terminals are similar to airports there is a bar and there's a restaurant as well as a little grab-and-go marketplace onboard food includes snacks cocktails salads and sandwiches And then guests are allowed to carry on items at no charge, and it's $25 per bag to check for smart fares and complimentary for one bag on a premium fare. And then when I was looking at the website, it looks like it also offers shuttles to a lot of the larger venues. So sports and concerts will be a little bit easier to manage. And from what I also saw is some of these shuttles are complimentary. I would love a situation where like, If I was having, you know, if I lived three and a half hours away from wherever the concert venue was to take a train, go to the concert, take a train back home and not have to drive, not have to worry about like any, like, oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. It's a cool concept. So I'm interested to see, you know, what, what that looks like for the people that actually really start using it. And then, you know, eventually with that Tampa expansion, that'll be really great for that side of Florida too. So I think it'll be really interesting. This is cool. This is neato. Yeah. It's something different. Well, that's all the news we have for you guys today. Not much compared to last week, but Mm-mm. still still a little something. So I guess we can go into today's big topic, which is Disney history of the Polynesian Village Resort. We love to hear it. We do. You want to start? Now, well, I wanted to ask your opinion since oh. you just stayed there and this was your dream resort. How was your stay? How did you enjoy it? I loved it. Like literally, I'm not kidding when I say I don't want to stay anywhere else. I mean, think about all the times that like we've gone and we've stayed at DVC rooms like the boardwalk or where else? We stayed somewhere else, I thought. Maybe it was just the boardwalk the couple of times we've stayed. The couple of times that we went on girls trips, it was just boardwalk. But after staying at this, I was like, ooh, maybe I need to look into DVC because I don't want to stay anywhere else. Legitimately. Did it feel historical? Yeah, I think it did. And I don't know if that's just because I know that it was opening day resort and like I kind of just know Disney history because that's what I'm interested in. So maybe that's just a me thing. But... I thought the room was great. I liked how close the like our specific room was to the TTC because 
that was really cool to get around. Yeah. And, I mean, being right across from Magic Kingdom, I mean, when I was walking to the um, Grand Ceremonial House that, like, last night to go shopping, I was, like, walking by and I was showing my grandmother, like, hey, if you look really closely, you can see the castle. Because, like, you know, on FaceTime. Right. Like, I just, yeah, I don't ever want to stay anywhere else. I felt that on a personal level, yeah. Like, I thought it was great. And I liked walking around. I loved the pool. I think we had a great, I had a great time at the pool. Yeah, the Um, pool's great. So the splash pad for kids is absolutely a dream. Yeah, that slide was, was really fun. So that was my opinion. I, I mean, it lived up to my, my own personal hype. Good. The reason that's so important is because this resort is an opening day resort. It began operations on October the 1st, 1971, so the same day the Magic Kingdom opened. It is the Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, formerly Disney's Polynesian Resort, from 1985 to 2014. It originally opened with 492 rooms, and since its opening, they have had three major expansions. The first, in 1978, we got an additional longhouse, the restaurant and support facility, and a secondary pool. So I would assume that's the quiet pool that's on the other side. In 1985, they got two additional longhouses, and the same year, the resort adopted the short name of Disney's Polynesian Resort. And then May 2nd, 2014, it was announced that the resort would revert to Disney's Polynesian Village Resort title while expanding further to include DVC accommodations, as well as some enhanced amenities. And then on April the 1st, 2015, the third expansion officially opened, including the new DVC additions and other amenities around the resort. And then DVC is Disney Vacation Club. So that's their timeshare that you can purchase into. And Polynesian, when they were selling it, it was kind of them saying, oh, this is your last chance to own around the monorail and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, it is a monorail resort. It's in between Grand Floridian and the Transportation and Ticket Center. So you, Ellie's right. I mean, when you go, when you're walking through the resort on the beach, you can see the castle. It's on Seven Seas Lagoon. It's just a great property. Yeah. I mean, when I was walking through, it was like I could see Space Mountain and I think the Tron canopy Mm -hmm. now. But also, yeah. yeah, the castle and watching the monorail go by was fun. Like it just, it felt very Disney to me. I don't know. It does when you when you're outside. <laughs> now you're not gonna. So the only thing with like fireworks because you can get lake view rooms. The view is really good for fireworks specifically, but it's not. It's never going to be the Contemporary or Bay Lake Tower. It's never going to be where you can kind of make out some projections on the mm-hmm. castle yeah. or anything like that. But you're going to get a great vantage point because it is directly across the lagoon instead of hitting it from the side like you would at Bay Lake Tower. Grand Floridian kind of has the same view-ish where it's a little bit further back than being straight next to it. So you're going to get a really good point of view. It's just not going to be as close as if you were at Contemporary. Yeah. So there are currently 11 two- and three-story longhouses spread around the property. There is a Disney – this is – so we, like we said, it's a Disney Vacation Club resort. So there are studios available. They also have two-bedroom bungalows in addition to the regular um, hotel rooms, and those are on the lake. There, So two of the current longhouses, Hawaii, which was formerly called Tonga, and the current Tonga, which was formerly Bali, Bali High. I'm probably going to mess up all these names. Offer a concierge lounge where refreshments, views, lounge space are offered exclusively to those guests. So you have to be staying in one of those longhouses to use those lounge areas. Yes. 
I just want to know. Raising your hand like we're in like in class. Well, I didn't want to interrupt, but but it. I just want to note for people that don't know Disney Vacation Club. So the studios are different from the normal hotel rooms mm-hmm. because the studios do have one. They have two bathrooms. Bless. Yes. So one bathroom is a full bathroom with a tub shower, a toilet, and a sink. And then the other bathroom is a stand-up shower with a rainfall shower head. And it also has a sink and additional storage. There's no toilet in that one, but having two showers is just a godsend when you have, you know, when you're coming back from a long day and you need to get the kids bathed and your husband wants to take a shower, like it's just a lot. And then also in the studios for the vacation club side, you're going to get like a kitchenette. So it's a little kitchen sink. It has a microwave. There's a toaster. There's a little mini fridge. It doesn't have a freezer on top of it. Uh, but that's kind of the thing to note with a studio versus a regular hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought like even though there was the three of us and then the toddler, it didn't feel overly cramped. Like No, it didn't. It's still it feels like it, I think it's because it was built so long ago that it still feels like it's large enough to be accommodating. Yeah, like I mean because of that Murphy bed too, because the studios have the Murphy bed where you, it'll be a couch and then you'll pull it down and the bed will come. When we put that bed, you know, up, it still felt like there was moved room to like move around and we weren't on top of each other. Yeah, the Murphy beds are the single best thing they've ever done at any yeah. resort, period. And they're comfortable. They're not like a gross thin mattress like maybe you would expect. They're like a mm-hmm. full mattress because that's, I've slept on them twice now the Murphy beds because I slept at the one at Pop Century and it was the same similar deal except instead of a couch it was like a table but Mm -hmm. when we pulled it down and went to bed I was like this is just as comfortable as like the bed mattress yeah the Murphy beds are great it's such a great way to conserve space it's such a great way to get some extra people in the room or just like be able to hide something use what you got to make sure that you can up the accommodations or you yeah. know something similar like it would have been a waste of space if that was just a couch you know mm-hmm. they really made good use putting those murphy beds in there yeah for sure so speaking of like the room furnishings march of 2021 disney parks blog revealed that they would update some rooms with new furnishings fixtures and moana themed details these rooms look beautiful by the way if you've never seen the pictures of them they look gorgeous and that's the hotel side. That is not the vacation club side. Yes, that's the hotel side. When they announced it, I was kind of like, oh, like, what are we about to do? But it doesn't feel overly, like, kitschy. It was done very, like, still within the theming of the resort. And this is a deluxe resort, so you want it to have those accommodations. But so seeing the pictures, I was like, oh, this is, like, beautiful. Yeah, they did Maybe a really great job with new, the theme. Maybe that's my new, like, dream resort is just to stay there again, but in the Moana rooms. Yeah, stay on the hotel side. <laughs> yeah. Also, in March of 2022, they announced that the Luau show, The Spirit of Aloha Dinner, would not be returning after closing two years earlier due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So they that's gone. You've done yeah, this, I, right? Yeah, but like as a child, I was so young, I don't really remember it other than there were fire people. Like, I don't remember okay. the details. I just remember, I know in my heart like and mind that we went because me and my dad have talked about it. That was like one of, he was like, when I told him we were staying, he was like, oh, that's where they had the, the Aloha, the, the Luau. I was like, yeah, but that's good. Yeah, right. But they're expanding the Disney Vacation Club rooms with villas, and they're working on it. It looks like 
supposed to be opening next year, 2024, and they, it looks like they're on track for that from what we saw. Yeah, it does. I'm I'm excited. I'm hoping that we're going to get some one bedrooms and some affordable two bedrooms out of this. I'm not even asking for any grand villas, but Disney Vacation Club is, we are part of that and Polynesian is one of our home resorts. So it would be nice to be able to stay there more often because for us, it's a studio that sleeps four adults and one child and that's not really large enough for a week-long stay for my family. We at least stay one bedroom or above and... You know, it would be nice to have some affordable two bedrooms for sure that are not the bungalows. Right. Um, those are not affordable. No, they're not. They're wild. Um, there's there's lots of dining here. They have a couple of pool bars, the barefoot pool bar at the lava pool, which is their main pool. They have the Oasis pool bar and grill, and that is near the Oasis pool, which is the quiet pool. Their quick service here is Captain Cook's. It is delightful. They have lots of different options. They are open pretty late in the evening. I think 11 Mm -hmm. or 12 is when they close. It's it's a great place to to grab some stuff as you're heading into the parks or getting back. And upstairs, there's quite a few different things. You have the Kona Cafe, which is Asian-inspired food in a casual setting. And you can also get that to go. Kona Island has coffee. And then right across from all of those things on the other side of that top floor is Ohana, which is two different experiences. Experiences. You can have a character dining experiences in the morning with Stitch, Lilo, Pluto, and Mickey with an island style breakfast. And then in the evenings, you're getting pretty much a meat fever. You're getting plates of steak, chicken, and shrimp. You're also getting um, all you care to enjoy sides, which includes their famous wings, the famous Ohana noodles, mm. a delicious mm. salad, some bread, vegetables. So Ohana. And then right next door is the Tambu Lounge. Which is drinks and appetizers. You can get some of the things from Ohana at Tambu Lounge, which is definitely a winner because Ohana is expensive yeah. and you can get some stuff a la carte at Tambu. So just do that. Do you want to talk about Pineapple Lanai and Trader Sam's? I do. So Pineapple Lanai is a stand dedicated solely to the Dole Whips. They have pineapple, vanilla, and I don't remember if they have coconut or not still. No. No, just pineapple and vanilla. But if you are not inside the park, but you want your Dole Whip fix, you can go there. Um, they also have Trader Sam's featuring the Grog, Grog Grotto. Uh, it's a tiki bar that features shenanigans from the servers. And the Tiki Terrace, its outdoor counterpart. I've never actually been to Trader Sam's, but it's on my bucket list of things I want to go and do. Oh, well, dang, I didn't know that you hadn't been there. Yeah, um, it's yeah. fun. It's the the servers, all the drinks have different little things that they do with them. The restaurant like comes alive. It's kind of like when you go to the Enchanted Tiki Room at Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom, but like with cocktails. Yeah, like I've always wanted to go. It's always been on my bucket list to go. I've just either never like, I've really just never found the time to go. And maybe if I was more cognizant on my birthday, I would have suggested we go there. But that shot really did me in because that was not a shot. That was like three shots. And I yeah. And then we went to jelly rolls. And then and, we went to jelly rolls. Yeah. But maybe that's a, a good note for another adult trip that we go on because I'm sure we'll be back yes. at some point. And then a fun fact that I forgot about, but then remembered that I wanted to share with you all is John Lennon signed the paperwork that officially broke up the Beatles at the Polynesian Resort on December 29th, 1974. So not only is it Disney history, it's music history. Wow, look at it go. If you care about the Beatles at all. Some people I'm sure don't. some people do. I do. Lots of people do. Good. Some people don't. So that is all about Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. 
that's it. And now I mean, before we start ranting and raving. Um, no, I don't think so. I love it there. And I wish I could stay there every single time we went. That's the end. I agree. So we're going to end today's episode with what a segment that we have kind of brainstormed and we're calling our mad tea party because we're going to be spilling our tea and some controversial thoughts on different things that happen. Because sometimes I think two things can be true. I think you can love something and also be critical of it. So sometimes Disney does some things that we're just like, what are you doing? What, what, what's going on? So right. I got thoughts. Are you ready? Well, I'm ready. Yeah. So they announced like last week that the statues that they put up for the 50th celebration are here to stay and they're going to be renovating them or whatever, basically taking off the gold medallion that says 50 and just spray painting over it. Here's why I don't care. Here's why I do not care because there's other stuff that I need them to worry about fixing than these statues. There are rides that could be that could be revamped a little bit. There are just there are lots like there are lots of things. I lo- I forgot where I left off, but while you were having technical difficulties, I was thinking, you know what I would rather them do? First what? of all, first oh. of all, I just want to say the only reason why they have these around still is because of their like the way that they connect or whatever with the magic band pluses and the magic band pluses now that i have one i fully see that it is just dumb they rolled them out because they wanted them to be out for the 50th but they didn't have anything to do with them so we're just getting these statues that if you wave at they like make noise whatever cute fine and then the only the only thing that they have going for these magic band pluses is the Dis- is the Star Wars bounty hunter thing that you can do in Galaxy's Edge. But that's not going to be like that's something that you have to dedicate time for. So That's not a widespread thing and, either. And it's not a widespread like not everybody's going to care. Like I want to do this, but it's going to have to be probably my like solo trip that I do once a year and I just do whatever I want and have some time to kill because I'm not going to ask you just like there's maybe two or three people that if I were with in the park they would want to do this with me and I know that it's like, very niche like they rolled niche. these things out and then they didn't have a plan but, for them they just wanted more money for the magic bands really because yeah. that's around the time that they stopped giving them complimentary with your stay yeah and so the only reason why they're keeping these statues around is to like give some kind of credit to the magic yeah to like make the magic band pluses have a thing and like they do they interact with the only ride i remember them interacting with was the haunted mansion fine i'm talking shit about them but if i see that hercules one i will be buying it but also there should be more experiences with this magic band plus if it's like if a if premium the whole thing price interact yeah, if it's a premium price and it's supposed to interact with the parks, then do something other than just keeping these statues around so, like, then they have a purpose. Because that's all they do. You could do so much better. And instead of messing with these statues and keeping these statues around, like, I don't care about, can we get Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom back, please? Thank you. <laughs> like, that's I, I agree want. with that. I that's agree with that. Or roll it into the roll it into the Magic Band yes. Plus experience. Like it would be so cool if you could roll it into your Magic Band Plus experience. Like instead of having the physical cards, you go and you get your you know you tap your Magic Band and you have something on the My Disney Experience app. If you don't know what we're talking about, maybe we should do an episode on what Sorcerer of the Magic Kingdom was. But yeah, it would be 
card game that you would play around the Magic Kingdom where you had to defeat the villains. I think Hades was the number one villain you had to defeat. And they took it away. They did take it away, and that was annoying. But it used to be cool because it was like free souvenirs because you could go to the firehouse, get cards Mm -hmm. anytime you went to the park. And it would be like a pack of like two or three cards they would give you. And if it was a party, you would get special cards for the party too. Like whenever I went to right. um, Not So Scary, I would get my wristband, get my bag, get my little bag, and then head over to the fire station to get my card. And then they took it away because of the pandemic and they won't bring it back. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I don't care. I would rather them bring that back and have it be interacted with the My Disney Experience app to where maybe instead of getting the physical card, you can have it a virtual card on your app. And then you use your Magic Band Plus to interact with the game. That would be a much better use of the Magic Band Plus system and a better use of their time than messing with these statues. I'm done. Josh Damaro, if you're listening. I have to be done. Josh, we're reaching out to you. We know you have a say in this. This is true. That's my tea. Go for it. Okay, well, my tea is my greatest annoyance. Mm -hmm. Things that are still not open. Mm -hmm. And they're using the COVID crutch. Because you don't want to hire more people. Yep. Here's an example. Here's a couple of examples. A, pretty much the entirety of the Morocco Pavilion is not freaking open still. The Sangria Bar is back there. And there's a couple of just generic gift shops. Neither of the restaurants are open. Tangerine Cafe is only open for festivals, which is ridiculous. Because they sell the same thing at every single festival. But you're not opening the restaurant full time. Why? That breaks my heart. Because I love that restaurant. I used to eat there so much during my CP. Yes. And then, okay, 1900 Park Fair. Oh, so what good. are we doing? And then the final thing, which maybe is just like a me and my husband thing, but there's a boat and it's the Blue Line boat. And it goes from Contemporary to Wilderness Lodge to Fort Wilderness Campground and back to Contemporary. That's the loop it does all day long. Can you like bring it back? Because it's super, <laughs> super duper annoying. If you're staying at any of those resorts and you're like, oh, I want to go over here and go eat or do whatever. Oh, I can't freaking do that because if I want to get, if I'm like when we were staying at Bay Lake Tower at Disney's Contemporary Resort in June, if we want to go over to Fort Wilderness Campground and go to Tri-Circle D Ranch, or we want to go over to Wilderness Lodge and go to Geyser Point or something or Artist Point or something, we have to go to Magic Kingdom. Fine. It's Mm -hmm. like a, you know, eight minute walk or whatever, but still I have to go to Magic Kingdom, go get on their boat. Go to Magic Kingdom, go to security, go get on the boat that goes over to whatever resort I'm looking for. And then to get back, I have to, again, go to Magic Kingdom, go through security, go on a different path, go to the path or go to the monorail or do whatever. That's ridiculous. Bring the freaking boat back. Stop these games. Maybe it doesn't apply to everybody, but like, honestly, it should. Because what if you want to go eat somewhere and, you know... Yeah, you could just walk walk over to Contemporary instead of waiting on a boat, you know, from to the Magic Kingdom. You just, you know, walk over, jump on a boat at Contemporary docks, and then take a little ride. You don't have to go through all this crap. I think it's ridiculous. There's probably a bunch of other stuff that's still not open yet that I'm angry about, but those are the only three that come to mind. Yeah. I guess our sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom can slide in under that too. Yeah, cuz after COVID it was gone. Yeah. This is this is the crutch that nobody asked for. Like, get over it. Let's move on and now hire the people that you refuse to hire and let's bring some stuff back that makes more sense. 
Yeah. Where is Tangerine Cafe? Is really what I'm saying. That's that's what I want to know because I'm that trying to eat is... my skewers and my couscous and my hummus in Epcot. Yeah. Thank you. My hummus. If it's if it's like if you go in one of the like three or four weeks where there's not a festival, you're not eating in Epcot. There's nothing good to eat over there except for like truly. There's like not truly. quick service. No. So you're either going to Lay Hall, you're getting some crappy food. Or if you're smart, you'll take the Skyliner over to the Riviera and eat at Primo Piatto. Preach. <laughs> like, but, but also bring Tangerine Cafe back because then you won't have that problem. There will be two good places to eat in World Showcase. Right. Because, I mean, you're talking about, again, being in the World Showcase, the quick service is, you know, it's tough. And Creations is good. Is it Creations? Connections Cafe? What is it called? I don't even know. Creations is over in you know whatever they're calling Future World these days. But but it's all the way up there, right? If you're in Paris, you're having a problem. America, you're like crap. What am I gonna eat? that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's really it. But also, can they fix the Genie Plus situation? Because I feel like in what capacity. I don't know. Make it better. Make it not as... I just feel like it's too, like, complicated. There there are a lot of tips There's and tricks to note with that. But, I mean, if you know how to use it, it, it works well in the afternoons and the evenings. But it's not... It's not great for, like, your mornings, really. Because you're kind of having to work through all of those times restrictions in the morning. Yeah, like, I'm... I'll just say it until probably the day i die or they decide to fix it i still think disney would do better with a system like express pass at universal you yeah i mean it would probably be you ride you go through lightning lane one time you're done you don't have to make these reservations you don't have to wait for the two hours you don't have to jump through all of these hoops just to make it work for you yeah i mean the argument is that something like genie plus it makes it more affordable for people to be able to do that because remember i mean universal express pass is really expensive like and they do date-based pricing on it so you can pay up to 300 dollars for one person to do a park to park on top of your park ticket yeah so i mean how much is skipping the lines work worth to you but also on that same note I mean, it makes the standby line go by a little bit faster because saying, not yeah, a lot like, of people are utilizing there was no it. Path path? Yeah, it was awesome. Like, it was awesome. So either just get rid of it and make this because the standby lines will go by so much quicker because you're not having to wait on the merge between right because they'll always let lightning lane go first. That's always like the rule of thumb. So you're not having to wait as long because there's none of that. I really think it's something like 20 people on a lightning lane to one person on a standby lane. Yeah, like, it's... Something ridiculous. Ridiculous. And just fix it. Make it better. That's all I, I mean, gotta say. I don't get paid the big bucks to tell you how to make it better. They're probably just still working out the kinks or something like that. Trying to figure out what works best, because it's still evolving. Yeah, I mean... I only used it once and haven't had the need to use it again because I use the disability pass. So I don't have as much interaction with it. But the one time I did use it, I was like, this is a waste of my time and my money because we couldn't get on anything. Once we figured out how to use it, because we used it a few times when we went in June for a week, it was good, but it took some tinkering to figure out, okay, this is the best way to use this or this is the best way to 
you know, make this happen. Basically, you need to, you know, get a couple of things done in the morning and then start booking your fast passes or your lightning lanes later on that day. And you can do what you call stack them, which is like, you know, I booked this two o'clock or two thirty for Jungle Cruise when I got off off of my second ride at 10 a.m. So, you know, after an hour, I was able to book another thing for 3.30. And then, you know, after another, what is it, hour or 90 minutes, I could book another thing and it popped up for four o'clock. Mm -hmm. Like doing it that way is okay. It worked really well for us when we brought the middle child in in the evening Mm -hmm. because we were able to knock out quite a bit of things just by doing a little bit of forward thinking. But it is, it does take a lot of getting used to. If you can figure out how to use it properly, then it's a good tool. But I would say that still, it's very expensive. I think that the times rules are a little weird. And I think that's to kind of make things a little bit more fair. But mm-hmm. they've, they've made some changes to it that make it a little bit better. Like now you can modify the times. You used to have to just cancel the whole reservation and then try again which seemed to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, Now you don't have to do that. You can just modify it and see what else is out there without risking not having that reservation at all. But I mean, you know, I I don't know. I think what I need to do is do the genie again, and then we can do an episode on it. Because when I used it, it was two, almost two years. It was February 2022, so a year and a half ago. Let's do it in a a couple weeks. Let's all go to Epcot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So maybe if we do Genie, then we can revisit. Because when I used it, we used it for Hollywood Studios, and we were not able to use it for any ride because they were already all sold out. Like Tower, Rocket, Mini. I think they've tweaked it since then so that that doesn't happen as often. Because, like, we had to use it for Muppet Vision. Right. And we like we we had already planned on using it for the little for the Beauty and the Beast show because we wanted the better seating that they save because that was important to us. But like also, if I'm buying this, I don't want to use it for just like shows. Like I think we also yeah. used it for Star Tours, which is also always a walk on. Right. Like we were not able to use it for the rides that were that are traditionally longer waits because they were all sold out. I get it. I mean, I th- I would encourage you to use it again. And now the reason I suggested us doing it on Sunday is just because it's going to be more affordable because it's just one park. Mm-hmm. We're not planning on hopping anywhere. I want to yeah. maximize my food and wine on that Sunday for no, sure. Me too. me too. For me, it was a good use, especially knowing that you can park hop with it and you can do what you did in Disneyland with Max Pass was say, I'm starting my day here and I'm going to get this ride and this ride. But then later on tonight, we're going over here and I've got three things or four things booked and ready to roll when we walk in yeah so i'll i'll broach the subject and see if when we're there in a couple weeks we'll use it on saturday yeah all right i think we can wrap it up awesome um check out our instagram for updates we upload on tuesday so our next episode will be coming out on october the 3rd um, you can find us on instagram tiktok and threads it's at core memories pod you can find me, I'm on Instagram at Tinkerbelly, so that's T-I-N-K-R-B-E-L-L-I-E. And Amanda, where can they find you at? You can find me on Instagram at Theme Park Mama. Since I'm a mommy, I definitely try to post things that are helpful to me in the theme parks and beyond. Um, comments, suggestions, anything like that, please reach out to us at corememoriespod at gmail.com. Um, and if you have any 
ideas for travel or you would like a quote for something, reach out to me at um, dreamparkmama at gmail.com as well. Since I'm a travel agent, I would like to help you plan your next magical or adventurous vacation. Comment on the show, download, share the show with friends, leave us a review if you're feeling excited about everything. And I think that's it. And we will see you next week. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.